we're going to hear um, uh, uh, two different stories, which we'll dive into in just a moment. But I wanted to give a bit of a context. Like often, um, you know, if you've been around Mulap a bit, for those of you that are guests this morning, you know, um, oftentimes our senior pastor or someone else will open up the um, Bible and we'll kind of spend, you know, 20, 25 minutes learning about that, what God has to say to us. And other times we'll be really intentional and just um, hear from some stories of, you know, oh, you know, a bit of this is what it looks like when what we read about in the Bible happens for us as a church family. Um, today we're going to do a bit of a um, both of those um, things. So um, I should say too, welcome for the, those of you that are here and also welcome those of you that are joining online with us. And we're going to turn our attention to a book in the Bible, 1 Peter 2. It'll be up on the screen here where the writer says... just like being at home with little kids, isn't it? It's fine. It's all good. The writer says, you together, you're coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. And already we get a picture here where it says, Jesus, you know, if you picture a, a, a stone building, the cornerstone is the most important stone in that building. The, the, you know, one of the first ones that goes in, it's like actually the whole building is centered around that. And so the writer is immediately saying, you know, God used to live in temples that you knew as stone and, and made of physical materials, but now you are being built into the temple of God and Jesus is right at the center. Jesus was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And now you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. I'm going to use that as the um, base verse of our time together this morning. And I just wanted to pick out a couple of brief things before we dive into our stories together. That first part, you are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone. That's a real mixed metaphor, isn't it? Have you ever thought about that before? A living stone. Stones aren't normally known for their effervescence and their vitality, are they? I don't know. Have you ever seen, I've never seen a stone like that's in motion and you know, doing something fantastic. Stones are known for their stability, their weight, their presence. They're not really known for their organic properties. But here it says, Jesus is our, the living cornerstone. So here we have the writer saying, you know what, all those things that you know, you look at a big stone, you look at a big rock, actually, Jesus does, wants to do those things spiritually for you. Jesus is steadfast. Jesus is reliable. And even though lots of other things change, Jesus would remain the same. But also too, nevertheless, alive as well. Alive. And he says, so Jesus is both steadfast and alive, and now you are too. God wants you to incorporate you and I into what he is doing through the life of Jesus Christ. And he says this in um, verse 5, now you are like living stones. God desires that we be built and made into something incredible, and incredible together. It goes on to say that God is building into his spiritual temple. I don't know if you've noticed there where it says God is building into his spiritual temple, that it speaks to the deliberate nature of God. That God wants to build us into, like, you know, just like they used to have a, a physical temple, that we would be a temple made up of people, all choosing to have Jesus as the cornerstone. Have you ever seen a building site 
where there's bricks that are built into the house, but maybe with, um, you might have seen volume builders around town, what's often left afterwards? Stacks of bricks. You know, they've quoted too many, and so there's a few bricks off to the side. Those bricks aren't the house. They're just bricks. But the bricks that are put together become a home. And the writer, and I think God in his wisdom puts it in here for us that we go, already this is pointing to the fact that God is counterintuitive and countercultural compared to the environment in which we live, which is so me-centred. Which is so me-centred that the writer would say, actually, Jesus is the centre, and you are now brought into what he is doing together. And us individually actually really isn't even mentioned at all. And so that's, I think, what we get to experience week to week here, day to day, as a church family, where God desires that, you know, in our time together, when we choose to be intentional, and just as God is deliberate, that we are deliberate in going, I'm going to join with other people in what God is doing, that he can build us into his temple, that we would worship him, and he would fill us with the presence of his Holy Spirit. Because that's where incredible things happen. And so this morning, I wanted to invite two people up on the platform, and I've asked them to um, share a little about this idea. Um, and these two people model to me that balance of being both steadfast and alive and vibrant in wanting to see God at work. And there's any number of people that I could have asked to come up the front this morning, but um, I thought I'll just go with these two today. Um, and so would you put your hands together as we welcome them up? Um, Colin and Winston Brown, come on up here, guys. Notice there, I'm going to make no comment on how quickly they're moving. <laughs> I've already learnt today. Here you go, you guys come up here. There you go, Winsome, sit in the middle whether you like it or not. That's what was happening. You're right, that's all right. Hey, um, we're going we're gonna to roll through pretty quickly today, but I, 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 um, you know, I guess when we come, often have people come up and share stories, it's about their own personal testimony. A little different today um, as, you, as we look at this idea of both steadfast and alive. You, would you guys tell us briefly about how you came to faith in a relationship with Jesus? Uh, I was uh, one of three boys uh, with mum and dad. We grew up in Bendigo and uh, we attended a Methodist church there. And our Sundays was a very full program. Uh, we had Christian Endeavour, some of you will have heard of that. In the morning we then had church, then we had Sunday school after that and then we went to church at night as well. Sunday was a busy day and m mum and dad were uh, very much involved in that. They had a very strong Christian faith. And we, <coughs> uh, three boys, uh, weren't able to piggyback on that if we were going to uh, have a, a faith for ourselves, we had to make that decision. And I guess I made that uh, in my early teens. And that was 60 years ago. And uh, there's been lots of ups and downs in that time. But God's remained faithful. Yeah, thanks, Colin. How about you, Winsome? And for me, is this on? Let me have a squeeze. Yes, yes, it is. It'll be on now. Thanks. Just hold it nice and close. Um, for me, I also was brought up in a Christian home. Um, I was a kid's pastor, oh no I wasn't, I was a pastor's kid <laughs> and um, so I had love and the love of God, you know, portrayed to me all my life 
At the age of 12, I went to a, a camp, a youth camp, um, White and Coleman, and um, I committed my life to Jesus at 12. Um, wafted on till I was about 19, I suppose, and um, was baptised at that stage and, yeah, tried to live a good life since. Following and loving Jesus, I love it. So one thing I really appreciate is your faithfulness towards, um, you know, um, church and the people of it. Um, we're going to have a photo up in, on the screen here of Fenwick Memorial Baptist Church. Would you guys speak to um, that? Because that, you know... This is where our church, as we know it, used to be some years ago. Would you speak a bit about like, what the vibe of that place was like? The, uh, it was interesting. I went from uh, church in Bendigo down to university in Melbourne and then was posted to a school down here. Uh, and that school... I didn't apply for. It was in the days when there were um, teacher shortages and I was able to put down a list of 70 schools that I uh, would like to go to. Bell Park High School was not one of those schools and when the list went up, I had to find out where Bell Park High School was. But the interesting thing was that uh, Winsome's family had moved down to Geelong and Winsome's dad was the pastor at uh, Fenwick Memorial Church in East Geelong. Uh, so uh, we knew each other in Melbourne, but we met down here, and that was a, a thriving church. Uh, it was uh, multi-generational, uh, it was a welcoming church, and it linked into the community. So that was something that uh, I was looking for, and Winsome happened to be there too. It's actually the church we were married at. There you go. Very good. And then a few years later, what was Fenwick Memorial um, Baptist Church moved out into this beautiful building um, that we will see on the screen in just a moment, um, uh, Glamorous, um, which is where we are now. Um, I don't know what's happened with the combi van. That's no longer around. I think that's been retired. But um, it was the Silver Horseshoe Reception Centre that the church built. Would you describe for us, um, you know... That's a, that's a move for a church to make, a, a bit of the context there. Well, <coughs> um, in about the year 2000, uh, Graham and Joanne Semple and their family came to uh, Fenwick Memorial Baptist Church. We were full. Uh, we mostly filled that place every Sunday morning. It was a bit landlocked. There wasn't uh, much opportunity for cars to park nearby. And it was Graham's vision when he saw this building available that uh, that's perhaps where the church needed to move to. It had been a reception centre, uh, but that had ceased and it had been refurbished, ready to uh, have pokey machines. Uh, but the permits for those machines were knocked back. So the building went on the market and... Uh, the uh, Church of East Geelong saw it as an opportunity to purchase it. Lots of changes took place inside uh, and uh, the, it's interesting, Caitlin Allen, her dad um, made an offer to come and manage the development of this place, uh, Brad Armstrong. 
and he gave his time free, hundreds of hours, and of course there were lots of help from the church congregation to turn this into uh, what it is now. That's good. And I remember you saying to me that um, the fountain out the front was used for baptisms, but someone, um, and there used to be some, what was it? Some um... oh, Well, a, a fountain and some stalks, I think. You can actually see them there. They were knocked off. <laughs> but we did have a few baptisms in that uh, fountain. I, I, I remember someone telling me that um, they really trusted in um, the power of Jesus when they got baptised because of the water quality, that they were like, well, he saw me through that. He can see me through anything. So... Um, Winsome, you, um, I mean, anyone who knows you, I think, would probably share my heart with this. We're one of the most um, welcoming people in the life of our congregation. Maybe not the most, you know, out there exuberant, but um, one of the most diligent. And, you know, people who will see a newcomer or, you know, see someone who doesn't look like they're maybe doing well, um, you know, and you'll go out of your way to love on people in that way. You were saying that you went on holidays and there was a formative experience for you um, in that idea of welcoming. Would you share that with people? Yes. um, We love going on holidays and um, a couple of instances where we visited other churches on a Sunday, we'd sit sit down before going and we'd pick out a a congregation that we thought we'd like to join in. Well, there were two occasions where we walked in. The first place they nodded and handed us a hymn book and we sat down and they said, welcome, and that was it. Nobody else spoke to us um, after the service and we hung around a little bit and they went off to morning tea so we went off into the local town and had some lunch. Um, Another time it was a big church, a thriving church and not one person spoke to us. We hung around and had morning tea and we stood by ourselves having tea and looking around and chatting to each other (laughs) and not one person spoke to us. So... um, is this where I say how I feel when we come back here? We, we decided this is the best church. We love coming here. People are friendly. Um, yeah, this is home. And I just thought I don't want anyone to come here feeling how we felt when we visited those churches. Yeah, I love that. And the fact that, you know, um, community is built, isn't it? You know, that's a responsibility each and an opportunity sure. each of us have to do what, you're, what you model so well. So I want to say thanks for that. Um, uh, question without notice, you know, I go to your home and there's pictures of you travelling in different um, places that you've been. Favourite, favourite holiday destination? Whoa. <laughs> um, oh, we've been blessed very, very special times in every place we've been to. Um, Uganda in Africa, um, favourite for a, a strange reason, I suppose, the impact it had on my life. We did some volunteer work there in um, the slums of Uganda and I think for me that was absolutely life-changing. Yeah. The humbleness of those people and the, the poverty and the dreadful conditions they live in. But they worshipped God just wholeheartedly and was so grateful for everything. So that that was huge for me. Um, as in regards to um, a relaxing time, I think the river cruise from, where was it, Romania up, up to Budapest 
Um, you got people going, oh, yeah, interesting. Yes, yeah. we went that way. Um, Fancy. It was a bit, and it was really mm. lovely and relaxing. So from we didn't do that in the same trip, but it's nice. It's the good. two extremes. Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, What we've experienced and a lot in between. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, Colin, you. The as Winston said, we've seen many beautiful places around the world, and I guess two that really stick out to me, and I don't like saying they're the best because there's been good everywhere, but was in the Galapagos Islands off South America, which was just amazing, and then going onto the uh, mainland continent of uh, South America and in Peru and spending some time in uh, deep in the Amazon jungle was just amazing time of seeing uh, the beauty parts of the world that we live in. That's great. One thing I've noticed about you guys, like, you know, like I said, you go to your home and there's photos of m various different places that you've been. But if you're not on holidays, you're here. It's like you're, like, you know, you're part of the furniture. Like, uh, that stands out to me. You know, when you go somewhere and you're like, oh, they are, those people are always here. You know, would you be able to speak to that value of, like, you know, actually, we're just going to choose to be here. And, and, and the value, like, why? Well, I guess there's some days you wake up and you think, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do church today, but being married to Colin, I did. Um, th this is what we did. didn't matter how you felt, really. So um, that, that commitment, um, I guess I've grown to appreciate and love because <laughs> I really don't mind coming. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Let, let's wrap it up there. That's a glowing endorsement. Church, I really don't mind coming yeah. if I have is to. That that's plenty, that's plenty. How about you, Colin? Well, I think what I said about uh, Fenwick Church, this church uh, is multi-generational. Um, just the other day I thought, how many families have we got here with primary school age kids and below? Now, Caitlin will probably um, tell me I'm way out, but I counted 26 families that are regular attenders here who have children in primary school or below. Now that's amazing and I know some of the people that have come in from the village where we live here and they're blown away by the fact that um, it's multi-generational. Uh, they can't believe it. Their experience of church hasn't been that at all. It's like that here. Uh, this church um, reaches into the community in which we live and has an impact in a wide way. Luke spoke about that before one of the programs, the Alpha program. So it's those sorts of things. This is an alive church. It's growing. It's changing. Uh, and it's alive. That's great. And it, when we sat down for a couple, a couple of weeks ago, um, if I could just quote you guys back to yourself, and I really love what Colin and Winsom said when I asked them that question about like, the value of choosing to come, even and worship and, you know, investing in the lives of other people. And, and you guys said, well, holidays and other things, they're not instead of a commitment to church, they sit alongside, which I love, speaking to the balance of life. And I think it was Winsom you said, you said commitment, it's a non-negotiable unless you're dying. <laughs> commitment. It's a non-negotiable unless you're dying. I love that. That's good. Um, just a, a final question for you guys this morning. And I know we've been brief today, but um, would you 
who comes to mind when you think about, as we sit, we've drawn from um, First Peter, that idea of someone, people who are steadfast, but also who are, are alive. And you touched on that, Colin, like, you know, excited about what God is doing and that attitude of like, if God is doing something, I want to be part of it. Are there people that come to you, your minds when, when, we, um, when I mention that? Well, we, we had a little bit of a chat about this, and I th- there are uh, quite a number that we could have mentioned, but um, Graham and Jeannie Thompson, they were at uh, Fenwick Church. They moved out here uh, when we moved out here. Graham spent hundreds of volunteer hours. He was retired, but hundreds of volunteer hours refurbishing uh, and working with Brad Armstrong and others to bring this into being. And um, you'll notice that sometimes uh, Jenny has her uh, kids' T-shirt on. Uh, she's still working in the, uh, the, the young people's program here. So they would be one example. I don't know. Graham and Jenny, I think, I think Jenny is actually out this morning with the kids in One Hope Kids. So, yeah, you go. That's testament. Is, um, Graham, are you laying low? Is Graham here today? Not today. First Sunday off in 40 years. There you go. <laughs> that's good. And you would, I'm, I'm sure you would echo that too about Graham and Jenny. Yeah, sure. Sure. yeah that's good. That's great. Well, thanks for taking just a few minutes to um, speak to that, um, you know, what's in your heart and also um, opening up to share a little bit about yourselves this morning. Browns, thank you. Would we put our hands together for these guys? You can just leave your microphones on there. Look at that. See your lovebirds holding hands on the way out. Um, I'm going to ask the host to move just now and we're going to hand out our, the communion elements and um, I'd like us to take communion this morning together as a church family and so host you can move now and um, what I'd like to do is if I could ask you um, as the hosts come around the invitation is that communion is for anyone who has chosen to put their life in God's hands. We're going to celebrate the gift of Jesus for us. And so if you've made that decision, I invite you to um, take the elements. But could you hold on to them this morning, you know, um, as we do so, as they come past, if you could just hold on to the bread and hold on to the juice and maybe let it warm up in your hand as I, as I talk for a, a moment or two. And um, I'm just going to touch on a couple of things as the hosts do those things. If you need to move and hand trays around, you can, you can do all that and we'll share in communion um, a bit uh, in a moment together. I wanted to get Colin and Winsome up here as, you know, and as I said, there's many people that I could have um, asked to come up, but I don't know what it is about, I've just been reflecting a lot about how those words of scripture come to life as I think about the blessing people have been in my life that have demonstrated that, that steadfast and reliable nature to me through all the years of, you know, following Jesus. And I think there's a real sweet spot there where, you know, I think it's more than a personality type. I think um, Winsome, the Browns touched on it there where they're like, actually, it's more than a personality type that can kind of push through. It's actually the, the, the commitment to go, actually, this is a non-negotiable and I'm not going to let go of this. I've seen the way that and experienced the way that Jesus has transformed my life and I'm just going to hold on to that. And at the same time, I've been blessed with so many, and maybe you can, people come into your mind as I talk about this, that they've been, had such a level of commitment, but also at the same time, they've been alive and open to the work of God. They've been open to the Holy Spirit. And Colin touched on that, that, you know, that new things would happen and that we would grow in our faith and things would change as God is at work. 
I love how that what God does um, for us as a church family spills into every other sphere of our life. That the goodness of God isn't contained just to one area where we go, oh, we're going to come to church on a Sunday and we're going to sing a few songs and open the Bible. But if we allow God to do this, that his promise of us becoming living stones in his temple and what he is doing will spill out to every other area of our life. We have so many stories in our church family of where households have been transformed because of the goodness and the love of God. There's people in our congregation who grew up where they, in their words, they would say, I knew nothing about a relationship with God. In fact, my, I look back at my childhood or my young years and it was absolutely awful. But yet they've come to know Jesus for themselves and their life and their whole family has been transformed. That we are indeed living stones. That God promises that to us. That, like I said for Ian and Jenny, and wholeheartedly believing that, that there's more for you guys because you are a living stone and Jesus is the living cornerstone. And he's not going to change. He just asks that we would be open to his spirit and to his leading. That we would be open to him using us for his service and to declare his goodness, to use us on his mission in the world. I'd like to share with you a story briefly before we, um, before we share communion together. Excuse me, got the old um, hard copy notes this morning. And um, we've got a photo of a chap up here, um, which I, his name is Ox. And I got, I got sent a link on my phone, like someone said, um, hey, I read this story, like, um, yeah, I think you might like it. Um, straight away, cynically, my mind went to, oh, people send me a few links, and oftentimes they're really weird, and I don't want to open them. But um, especially around Christian stuff, but I opened it up, and um, I just thought, it just goes for a couple of minutes, and I'd love to share it with you today. Portions of it are going to be up on the screen for you to read along. And this is Ox. I don't, I've never met Ox. He says, I grew up in a home where we attended church, but none of my friends did. And at age 16, I decided it wasn't for me. My father was a policeman, which probably meant I rebelled even more than other kids. Over the following years, I got into even more trouble. I was arrested a couple of times for doing silly things, and I crashed a car three times through drink driving. On one occasion, there were 11 people in the car, so it's miraculous that I never hurt myself or anyone else. Things started to change for me in my early 20s when I met my wife, Karen. We instantly connected because she had also grown up in a Christian home and had walked away. We married and had our two daughters, Amber and Emma. While Karen was pregnant with Amber, she became sick with preeclampsia and spent a lot of time in hospital. The night before Amber was born, Karen made a deal with God that if Amber and she and she were okay, she would raise our child in the church. We hadn't been to church for many years, but she believed God existed. Amber was born seven weeks early, weighing just 1.6 kilograms. After she came home, my wife started taking Amber to church, which led to her attending a church playgroup. When my wife got a new job and started studying, I started going to playgroup as a dad with my daughters. What led me back to the church were three ladies at the playgroup, Georgie, Nikki, and Jenny, who just loved me and cared for me and my daughters, and I had never experienced that before. 
For several months, God worked in my heart, but I felt I wasn't good enough to become a Christian. I tried to change my life by getting rid of obvious sins, but I failed miserably. Then a couple of people shared their testimonies at church, and God used their testimonies to show me that I couldn't change myself. God had to change me. I broke down in my seat and thought, God, I'm stuffed. I need you to fix me. That was the 9th of November, 2003, and from that moment, my life changed. That night, I went to my work and told my 31 work colleagues, this morning at church, I gave my life to Jesus, and I will never be the same again. There was dead, awkward silence, but it didn't bother me. My life was very different from that point. At that point, Karen had not yet made a decision, but the radical change in my life convinced her that God was real because there was no way that I could have changed myself. And some months later, she was also baptised. Since becoming a believer in 2003, I know that my life was no longer my own and that I would always use the gifts and skills God had given me to advance his kingdom. I've been serving in church ever since and, and been in full-time ministry since 2009. My wife and I have tried to be obedient to where God has called us over the past 20 years, even though that has meant moving all over the country. He finishes by saying, I pray that God will use me to share the good news of G Jesus and lead others to him, just as those playgroup ladies did for me 20 years ago. Like I said, Oh, I don't know Ox. But as I read through the link, I'm like, oh, those names sound familiar though. And I was like, oh, oh, I know, I know who that is. Oh, that's Nikki, Georgie, and Jenny from here, from our church, from our congregation. Like that's that's them. And as I read through that story, I just thought, what a blessing. What beautiful living stones in the house of God that he is building. That they would love people in such a way where lives were transformed, not only here and now, but for eternity. That Ox and his wife and his kids would come to know the love of Jesus. That he would encounter and his family would encounter a church family where they were loved and accepted that they, they were part of a church where the good news about Jesus and the truth that he came to give his life and ultimately died so we can re be restored to God was declared faithfully and clearly. God takes great joy in building and he wants to build you and I and he's going to do it deliberately and he's going to do it thoughtfully and he's going to do it consistently. He's also going to do it enthusiastically and we get to share in this work. You and I get to share in what God is doing. You are a living stone in the temple of God. It doesn't revolve around you or I. We hold in our hands the communion elements where we say, this isn't about any single one of us. Most of all, this is about Jesus. Because the writer of 1 Peter would say to us, want, want us to, you know, and he highlights this where he says, you know, belong to a church, belong to a committed group of people that are going to help you grow in your faith and be on mission um, for God together. Serve and give wholeheartedly and tithe and do all those things that Scripture points us to. But first, firstly and most of all, belong to God. 
belong to God. It is Jesus that builds. He is the cornerstone. He is committed to working out in us. And how great that we can celebrate that today. That no matter what our circumstances, however we feel about ourselves, whatever, you, you know, you can come before God this morning and just say, God, I recommit my life to be a living stone in your temple, in your work. I'm going to invite us all to stand, invite the music team to come up, and I would like to pray for us before we take the communion elements um, together. That'd be, that'd be great. I invite you, would you just close your eyes for a moment? I'd like to just share one last thought, and then um, we'll pray together and then, and then take communion together. Why don't you take a moment in the stillness of your heart and the quietness to thank God that your purpose can be completely found in him? Would you take a moment to thank God that he is committed to building something out of your life? Let's take a moment to thank God that he promises us his Holy Spirit, his presence within us. And while we're quiet and still, if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus, you can choose to do that today. You can choose to put your life in God's hands. In a moment, I'm going to pray, and you could just echo these words in your heart. Father God, this morning we want to acknowledge that, like Scripture says, that we've all fallen short of your glory. We've all broken our relationship with you. We choose to do our own thing, and so we've fractured that relationship, and it's only through the gift of Jesus that we can be made whole. You not only restore us, but you restore us into relationship with you, God. You are perfect, and we are not, so how can, the, how can we come together? We come together because of the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus. And so we say yes to you today as our Lord and Saviour. We acknowledge we can't do life by ourselves, that we need your forgiveness and we need your grace. This morning together we say thank you, Jesus, that you're our living cornerstone, that you're our hope and our foundation. God, we thank you for your body broken for us, your blood poured out for us. In doing that, we are made whole, we are restored. God, we recommit ourselves to being living stones in your temple, in your work. Your temple in which we say, God, you are welcome. Come and reside in us. Give us the strength to be deliberate in how and what we build our life around. Thank you, Jesus, that you're our cornerstone. And so we take these elements this morning saying thanks to you. In your name we pray. Amen.